As Homer blows past Snake in his former car that Homer picked up from a police auction, the little bandit, he smells and he notices something. And then he yells it out as he puts his fist in the air. She needs premium, dude! Premium! Well, premium fuel is good. And premium fuel has its benefits. But when it comes to your car, should you really be paying extra for premium? Seriously, premium is just a step between your regular vehicle and buying a luxury car. So why is it there are so many premium options out there? Well, that is something today we're going to cover on the Autolux podcast. Welcome back to the Autolux podcast. I'm your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from my main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. Go check out some ratings, check out some of the information you can find on the help pages or Corporate Links websites. We have the largest, most extensive collection of automotive corporate websites from around the world. We are, as you would say, the Google of the automotive search engines. And on top of that, you can find all of the original podcasts that you can find on any major streaming site around the globe. From iTunes to Spotify, the Autolux Podcast is there. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Podbeam.com, an e-com entertainment group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. If you'd like to get in touch with the Autolux website or Everett J himself, please send an email to email at autolux.net. So like I said in the beginning, premium dude, Snake said it to Homer about Little Bandit. Similar to that, how he put up the string line to try and catch him, and Mr. Van Houten, Kirk Van Houten, drove through it and said, I thought, they said, cut my sandwich, cut it, and then he gets his arm cut off. Okay. Uh, we all know that's funny. It, 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 it's the Simpsons, okay? They can, they can make anything funny, and you have everything to go with it. But premium, premium products. There's been a lot of premium products over the years. And if you go back to the initial start of the automobile industry, like we said in our Divisions of the Big Three podcast that we did a couple seasons ago, we talked about how the original automotive industry had a multitude of different divisions. And they went from your basic cars of only costing about two, $300 all the way up to vehicles costing $12,000. Now this is in the 20s. So every mark had its own price point. And when the price point ended, you went into the next feature. Well, by the 70s, a lot of that had changed. And a lot of people were looking for luxury cars. They wanted to roll around in a Mercedes or a Cadillac. But they were luxury. Well, when the 80s came along, car companies started to realize we can add some of these luxury features to more standard products and charge a slight bit more money. They did this because of all the divisions they had, especially the big three. But even from Japan, they had a knack for trying to get into this marketplace. As we covered in the failed Manny division from Mazda and Mazda's foray into the luxury field, and now they're moving into more of a premium aspect of the world. The lines today are very skewed when it comes to the difference between premium and luxury. And of course, Autolux, as you've seen it from our website and all of our ratings every year, you can tell. We understand what classifies the economy from the standard, from the premium to the luxury to the premier and high-end products. There's a lot of differences between all of them. 
Premium is one of those skewed fields that run between standard and luxury. And there are a lot of car companies out there that try and blend those two together. Well, in the 80s, we had separate divisions for that. Not just products, but divisions. And by the early 90s and into the mid-90s, those divisions with the downfall of automotive industry and into the early 2000s when a lot of divisions started getting put out to pasture, premium became a feature. Now, premium cars, if you didn't know it, is essentially how Hyundai moved into Genesis. If you go back to our second season of this podcast, you'll find one called Hyundai's Luxury Rise. And essentially, that is how Hyundai went from a standard brand and moved into more of a premium field to get the Genesis brand out into the world. Toyota did this for years, from the 70s and into the 80s, with the Crown. The Crown products were more of a premium product for the Toyota lineup. Now in Japan, their mentality was, the Japanese cars, unless there were luxury in their own divisions, well, they just built luxurious styled vehicles. A Crown wasn't seen to people as being in the same echelon as a Mercedes or a BMW or an Audi. Those were German luxury cars. Then you get Jaguar, Alfa Romeo, and even Cadillac. They looked at these as luxury products. These were top tier vehicles. They're what people wanted to aspire to. But when you couldn't afford those, you would get a premium branded product, which made you look like you were in the luxury field. Sound familiar? Well, Hyundai is famous for doing this, as well as Toyota. Hyundai's first foray into North America was the XG350. Now, we all saw it as, you know, it was a Hyundai product, but since the badge wasn't on it, it gave you that luxury feel. You thought you were buying something a little bit better than your standard Hyundai. It wasn't Hyundai, it was an XG350. Well, in their home country, they had the Hyundai Dynasty. Hyundai learned that by not adding the badge to the front, it creates its own brand image. It's still built on a standard platform to a standard scale, but with some more premium features. When people go out and buy a Toyota Camry, most people aren't really looking for leather interior. But when you bought an Avalon, or in this case today, a Crown, you were looking for leather. Now the Crown eventually spawned what would become Toyota's luxury division, the Lexus brand. With the original Lexus LS essentially being the new Toyota Majesta. But premium isn't all about trying to build that image and trying to get more people to come and purchase your vehicles at a more of a premium rate. Gotta remember, the Avalon was just one size up from a Camry. They knew that when people were moving out of the Camrys, they were moving into a full-size marketplace. They were moving into the world of Chevy Caprices. The Camry didn't compete directly with the Caprice. It competed with more of the Malibu. And the Caprice, people looked at the Caprice as a standard product. Well, Toyota said, for that price point, why don't we give them a premium feel? Hence the Avalon. The Avalon went towards more of your Buick, Oldsmobile, and in some weird cases back in the day, Mercury and Plymouth too, were supposed to be the premium products. Kia tried to do this back in the early 2000s with the Admani, giving it that luxury look. From far away, you think you're looking at a Jaguar S-Class, but when you get close, you realize it's a Kia. 
But yet again, they did the same thing as their sister company. Kia didn't badge the Imani. Imani was an Imani. By badging it on its own, you could sell a standardized product in a more premium category. Get more money for the same product. But premium can also bring you into new markets. It could be a standardized product with more premium features in it, and people even know it's a standard product. The Volkswagen Phaeton was a perfect example of this. Volkswagen wanted to use the Audi a8 platform to build a product for their own product line. They had the Passat, but they wanted something bigger. And they knew there's a market out there of people who are rich and don't want to look rich. Where there are CEOs and inclusive of dignitaries who don't want to be seen. Sure, you can go out and afford to buy the Mercedes or that Cadillac, but they don't want to be seen in those vehicles because as Volkswagen thought with the Phaeton, we can build them a car that has all the aspects of a luxury car in a standard product range, sold at a premium price tag. The premium price tag gets them an exclusive car that when you see it, you think, oh, that, 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 that's got a feel of that. It, it's better than mine. It, it's more exclusive, more, more luxurious. And then you see the Volkswagen logo sitting on the hood. And you think to yourself, it's just a Volkswagen. But when millionaires cruise around in something like that, they won't be bothered. Hell, if you take a look at it, Lady Gaga owns a Ford F-150 Lightning first generation that she'll still cruise around in. But why do these people want to buy these premium style products from average brands? Well, when you're rolling through town, more people are, will look at you when you're driving a luxury product. Premium feel and a premium appeal gives you all the creature comforts of a standardized product without one, paying the price, or two, bringing awareness to yourself. When you drive through town in a Lamborghini, everybody looks and everybody sees you. When you drive through town in a Ford Explorer Platinum, or hell, even an F-150 Platinum, they know you got money, but from far away, they don't know. An F-150 Platinum is essentially a premium version of the F-150, similar to that of the King Ranch editions for Dodge, or in GMC's case, the Denali's. They build these luxury-inspired vehicles and sell them to you at a premium rate, knowing that luxury doesn't work in the truck market, giving you premium aspects to your standardized products you're more willing to buy it it's like hiding in plain sight buying a ford edge vignali or a volkswagen fidion you won't be noticed hell if you ever noticed lebron james used to promote kia products and he even utilized their products to get to the games if you see lebron james you're more likely to notice him rolling around in the back seat of a range rover an escalator or an s-class you'll take notice of those vehicles but a kia K900. It has a premium aspects. Shiatsu massaging chairs, reclining Alcantara leather, even has sound deadening material to make it a nice quiet ride. You can even outfit vehicles like that with mini bars and full Wi-Fi hookup. Those luxury features and a standardized product. Premium is that bridge between when you start out life and when you reach the top. For myself, I am slowly getting into the premium marketplace. I'm moving away Away from my Kias and Chevrolets and starting to get into more Mazda, Lincoln, or Infinity products. I can afford the premium products. I've made it some way in life. I still don't go out and buy it. Whereas I learned back in business that Canadians 
are less likely to flaunt what they have than anyone else. When you look at the US, the second you get a decent job and you can afford it, you will take out a bank loan to get an Acura RLX. People think it's a luxurious car, but more of a premium because it's an upgrade from your Honda Civic. But when you're cruising around a Honda, they think, oh, you can only afford a Honda. But when you got an Acura, it's like, ooh, you got an Acura. You couldn't get that Cadillac, but you're a step above me. Whereas in my home country, we realize you can buy an Impala LTZ max that thing out on everything and you're cruising around on a vehicle from a standardized brand with the same creature comforts as a buick it's premium but where does premium go it's not just vehicles part of standardized brands premium are also specific brands chrysler when it had its downfall in the 80s they got dropped a major notch and in the 90s they were coming back and almost became a luxury brand once again but unfortunately their tie up with mercedes put them in a pickle where mercedes didn't want to own two luxury brands and chrysler became more of a premium feature that feature carried on even to today where chrysler is the premium divisions of stellantis alongside both peugeot ds and lancia premium products yes peugeot is moving up but these premium products are required by a lot of major car companies out there even today kia still looks at the k900 because there are people who will buy the stinger for rear-wheel drive power and fun for that lower price tag these are the same people that are looking at bmw m series products the people who want a bmw 7 series but can't afford it can take a step back and get into a kia k900 or if you really want you could step back and say i'm gonna buy an acura an infinity a lincoln a chrysler or a buick premium brands exist and a lot of these standardized brands they make premium styled products to try and go after those creature comforts that people really want they want to seem like they own a luxury car but they don't want to pay luxury car money geely did that back in the day when they created the geely ge made it look like a rolls royce but you didn't have to pay the price for a rolls royce Hell, in 2007, the Lancia Thesis made it seem like you were buying a premier product and yet still only costs a premium over a standardized product. Sassyong with the Rexton falls more into a premium category. Sassyong was more of a premium brand at one point in its life. It sold standard products and premium products. It bridged the gap between the two. But in Korea, that's part of their nationality. A lot of Korean car companies blend the lines between standard and premium. They want these luxury features in their standardized products. So they bridge those gaps. Hyundai is supposed to be that gap for Hyundai Motor Corporation. Where Kia gets you into it, Hyundai is your middle age, and Genesis is when you've made it. But Genesis still sells their products below luxury price points. But why are they not considered a premium brand? Because they're exclusive. Most major luxury car companies out there don't produce in the volumes that premium brands do. They also have a stigma with them. Genesis built itself on a luxury table by getting pro golfer Tiger Woods to help promote their products and showcase to the world that these vehicles are in the same caliber as a Mercedes. Every segment of the marketplace has a leader. In the US, the pinnacle of luxury used to be measured up against Cadillac, where once Lincoln and Chrysler competed against them, they have faltered. Cadillac still has the luxury feel. You may say the price points of Lincoln put it in the same category as the luxury brands of Cadillac and Mercedes. But with depreciation, Lincolns only hold out in a premium price point. Genesis doesn't push itself everywhere. 
Whereas you've noticed, finding dealerships that support both Lincoln or Chrysler, you can find more of them than you can of Cadillac. But then again, why does Acura and Infiniti fall into the premium category? Well, for the longest time, Acura's products were essentially just Hondas from other nations. Most of the North American products, when Acura first came here, were either specific Japanese or European market products brought over here and being sold at a premium price point. Infinities were the exact same thing. They were just Nissan products they didn't sell here. Lexus became luxury because the LS, even though it was built off the same platform as the Majesta, it had its own image. You have to remember what I said in the beginning. Premium is an aspect of a standard product where luxury is all on its own. A Skoda Superb may be a cousin to the Passat and may come from an economy brand where Skoda was originally an entry level for Volkswagen. Now, Seat used to be more of a premium badge, but due to the fact that their vehicles started faltering, they got more and more of them out there and they looked like just rebadged Audis. They fell back into a standardized product. The more you see of those products, the more the luxury appeal fades. But then again, you have to ask yourself, why is it we still call Mercedes a luxury car company? There's more Mercedes out there than nearly every other make. And hell, Audis just look like Volkswagens with a tuxedo on. But why are they luxury? Because they still give you that appeal of full luxury. They have their own products, their own image, and they put that suit on properly. Premium is somebody who just goes and buys a suit at some place like Sears or Moore's just for men. Whereas a Mercedes is a custom fit suit from Joe Lazar Menswar in my hometown. Luxury is catered where premium is produced. What's the difference between a premium brand and a luxury brand? Premium brands are produced for a marketplace that demands luxury, where luxury cars are produced for a market that demands exclusivity. To run in the same category as luxury products, companies like Rowie, Sassyung, Chrysler, Acura, Infiniti, and even Lincoln need to make their products a little more exclusive, creating dedicated dealerships solely bent on selling those vehicles. When you roll up to buy a Chrysler and it's the only thing in the showroom, you're going to have that feeling. This is for you. Not to say that you won't find a dedicated Acura or an Infiniti dealership out there, but a lot of them are owned by the same person who owns the Honda dealership next door. And to get at the Acura dealership, you have to have owned a Honda dealership. And you have to go through major hoops just to get it. Because you're essentially just selling upgraded Hondas. So until Acura gets around the fact that they're just premium versions of Honda products, they'll never step out of that light. Same with Lincoln. The Continental was the force that was about to get Lincoln off of the premium playing field. Unfortunately, they didn't jump high enough. Whereas the Nautilus and course there are just rebadged Ford products. Lincoln needs to reinvent itself. Chrysler, well, that's a completely different story. And we've done many podcasts about the issues with Chrysler. Reinventing themselves for the electric world with brand new luxury products. Bringing back the original Imperial name would keep them going. Similar to that of Lincoln with its Continental name and Suicide Doors. You want to add luxury? You got to create something exclusive. You got to create the product from the country club. Mercedes is bent on pure luxury. That's all they focus on. Same with BMW. Audi 
has separated itself further away from Volkswagen and closer to Porsche. Jaguar is now all on its own with Land Rover. And Volvo? Well, them and Polestar are a step up from anything the Geely brand sells. As you can see, all of these major luxury car makes out there are exclusive products. Hongqi was originally sold just to the imperialists in China. Now they have a wide product range, but and yet their price point makes it so you have to be at the top of your game before you can even get in. Where today I could still go and get a Buick Envision for not much more than I would get my RAV4. I may get a little bit more luxury and a bit better creature comforts, but in the end, a premium product is nothing more than a standard product that makes you feel that you're a little more higher on the food chain. Premium is not the end all for luxury. There is a step above it, similar to that of how there is a step above luxury for when you've hit the premier marketplace. And at the top echelon in the luxury playing field is the high-end marketplace, or the Rolls-Royce and the Bentleys play. Maybach is trying to get in there, but they haven't hit it. Premium is essentially just the playing field for people who want to look rich. That's all it is. It's just here to say, hey, I can afford something a little bit better than you, when essentially it's the same product that you have. Premium doesn't level out the playing field and doesn't make you higher up in the food chain, but it does give you that feeling that you've arrived in style. And a premium product can still go to the same places as luxury products. When you roll up to the country club in a Chevrolet Impala, people question. But when you roll up to the country club in a Buick LaCrosse, nobody seems to care. And even those high-end country clubs, when you show up in a LaCrosse Avenir, they really don't care. Because the Avenir has the same creature comforts as the Cadillac. Premium just is a bridge between where we started and where we want to wind up. It's to give your ass a little more creature comfort than you really need. Premium. It's not luxury, and it doesn't mean you've made it, but it does mean you're almost there. So, if you like this podcast, please comment below and share it with anyone else that you know. Hell, put it on your social feeds, check us out, and share it with your friends. Share it with the world. We love it when you help spread the word of the Autolux podcast. And hell, after you've done that, stop by the website, check out some of our great and amazing things on the Autolux.net website. And if you got any suggestions, drop us a line at email at Autolux.net. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Podbean.com and produced by Ecom Entertainment Media. It is also hosted by the one and only Everett J. If you'd like to get in touch with Everett J himself, please send an email to the Autolux.net website at email at Autolux.net. So, from myself, the Autolux website, and all of you fans out there who have sent me comments and shared this, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride that the premium field will take us on.